1: who is headlining in the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana, Las Vegas, January 9th through the 15th. For ticket information, go to troplv.com. And for everything about Greg Hahn, go to greghahn.com and you can follow him on Twitter and Facebook. Greg, welcome to the show. Ira, thanks for having me on the big program. Absolutely. And I already have come Vegas, up with... baby Vegas. <laughs> I've actually got some great taglines I want to throw by you and see if you like any of them to use for your future advertising.
0: All right, I like him. I oh. like them already.
1: Okay, here's why. Hit
0: me. I like that one, Vegas baby. Hit me. <laughs> Twenty-seven. Keep hitting me. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Take the seven hundred dollars. What is this? A free rum and coke? How do you guys <laughs> stay in business? Hey, by the way, it was at the buffet. I asked a girl out at the buffet last time I was out there. She said no. I asked her if she wanted to go out. She said no too much on her plate right now
1: come on everybody come on i promise not to do that joke let's start the interview all right here we go some taglines that you could use for greg Hahn's future advertising okay. here we go greg Hahn, man of a thousand twitches fine that's not bad all right here's another one greg Hahn, kinetic conveyor of comedy pretty good good i like uh, it i like all these things the last done one More writing than i have all right here we go yeah, of course and then here's the next one greg Hahn, the Jean krupa of comedy Buddy Rich, Buddy Rich. Buddy baby. Rich updated a little bit. Yes, you're right. And it's because of your drums. And that's why we'll get into that, of course. And then my last sure. one, Greg Hahn, I should be locked up. That's that's a good one. Okay, excellent. Use <laughs> any of them for that's free. That's a serious one. That's a good one. <laughs> when did you when did you get started in comedy? I mean, how you must have been very young when you realized you were different and crazy, right? I guess so, but I started comedy late,
0: you know. I remember um, Basically, we had a we had a comedian come to our college, and they I know they paid him ten thousand dollars, and he bombed incredibly. And I thought, man, that's his job. And I remember he rolled off campus. I saw him in a car, I had a real pretty girl with him, and uh-huh. he looked all happy, like uh, you know, just nothing was wrong. And I thought that guy just totally bombed and made a ton of money. You know, I could I could bomb like that for half the price. Absolutely. Do you remember? And I just who the- thought right away early on. I thought, man, that looks like it beats working. But I still it was in the
1: Marine Corps, and then I. Uh, had a corporate job and then I started comedy so I got at it a little bit later but still it's okay it's all it worked out well just to show you I'm listening I want to know how you know he got paid $10,000 I asked gig. somebody Oh okay Did you ever meet that guy later I'm on gonna, in your career I guess but I mean that's how I must have found out <laughs> Did you ever find out did you ever meet the guy afterwards once you got into No the world I don't even
0: time? oh uh no I never I never did meet that guy Okay never so, ran into him
1: So prior to the comedy, you were in the Marine Corps. You actually were, this is hard to believe, ladies and gentlemen, a captain in the Marine Corps.
0: Right. That was my rank before I got out. But I spent most of the time second lieutenant then first lieutenant then captain and then out. Then they threw me out. I didn't get thrown. I got an honorable discharge. But, yeah, it was great. I'll tell you, the Marine Corps, for an organization where everybody wears the same uniform, you know, you have the same thing and you learn the same lingo and and whatnot, it's – I've never met so many unique – madman individuals very very funny guys like i got a friend still today horrible henry i met in the marines who like he likes he likes to go shark fishing he uses himself as the bait i mean these guys are you know in the civilian world you go, oh that guy's a madman and the marines you really do meet madmen you know they're great brave lunatic funny guys so the marines did help my comedy career and you know you got to get in front of people like a platoon and uh, march them around like forward, march, off, right, all that stuff. And it's kind of it's odd when you first learn how to call cadence, when you get in front of a bunch of guys like that, and boss them around, tell them how to walk. Well, being a comedian is a little bit similar in that you get in front of an audience and you boss them all around with your stupid jokes, <laughs> you know. So I think that I don't know if I uh, if I would have been a comedian had I not been in the Marine Corps. Fascinating.
1: Plus, it gave you some discipline. That was a good speech. speech. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, you you got to, you, you, you learned discipline as well, right? In the Marine Corps? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you do. Of course you do. I don't know if that uh, helps you now. No, right. But the fun
0: part is, is, uh, you learn how to be a lunatic and then being a, uh, pro comedian,
1: you, you know, you, you turn that into a career. So at some point along the way, you decide to go from the military to comedy, which is not a, Segue that most people make, but you did. And what was your first gig like? Do you remember? Well, my first open mic was a
0: disaster. You know, in comedy, you just let the bombing begin. That's how you get started. <laughs> you, know, when you start out. You spit out a bunch of what you think is funny. And, uh, you know, you start out, you have like two to three minutes of material. And then let me tell you something. After 30 years, you have 27 minutes of material. <laughs> it's worked out.
1: <laughs>
0: no, you know, you just keep showing up. You bomb, bomb, bomb. Do well. And over over time, you start, of, of course, you know, you get better. Yeah. But I of just course. kept showing up with my pants on. <laughs> and in time, I
1: know how to do it. And there's a parallel with the Marine Corps because they also say, let the bombing begin. Hey, good one.
0: Hey, that's All right. good, not
1: bad. And I don't even have a drum set here. Whoa. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Were you that's always playing name? drums like as a kid, or did you learn that also after the Marine Corps?
0: No, I learned that as a kid starting in fourth grade. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know what? And Buddy Rich was my favorite drummer. I'd come racing out when he was on The Tonight Show. My folks would wake me up. I'd come running down the hallway to see Buddy Rich play. And I think I kind of modeled my comedy a little bit after him. You know, I like it fast, furious, and aggressive. And uh, if they say, what kind of a comedian did you try to imitate or act like? Maybe a little bit of Rodney
1: Dangerfield, but mostly I, I like to answer Buddy Rich. I love it. In fact, I I almost used Buddy Rich in my example for you on the tagline, but I went with Gene Krupa just as a historical reference to the world of big bands and music. And obviously, I flopped because I should have said Buddy Rich. You did not flop. Gene Krupa was great. Buddy Rich loved Gene Krupa. No, it was
0: all great, great, all good stuff.
1: Excellent. Do you get a chance to practice when you're on the road? Because you're on the road a lot. You're very popular, not only in performing in clubs, but you do a lot of corporate gigs, which I want to talk to you about as well, because your humor, you would think, would be a little off the wall for corporate gigs, but it works very well. So did you, do you when you're on the road, do you practice drums or do you take drums with you? It's kind of hard to get in into the Greyhound bus, isn't it?
0: No. What I do is when I go home, I practice about five minutes a week, you know, but I listen. On the road, you can listen to music. And unlike, you know, comedians supposed to be original. You write all, all your own stuff. A drummer, since I'm not a professional drummer, I can pick and choose whatever I can do. In other words, you can imitate people. You can steal from them as a drummer, as a hobby <laughs> drummer. Right. So it's fine. I watch guys that I watch guys that practice a lot. Put it that way.
1: <laughs> you just have fun with it. In other words, right? Yes.
0: Yes. What I what I do is, if I do run into an opportunity where I get to play in a band, is I'll take one song and I usually just use the song as a metronome to my solo, and I do everything in the world that you're not supposed to do as a drummer, and then I'm done. One song, I do all my solo, all my tricks, everything, and I'm done. If they say, oh, play another song. No, no, I refuse, because I've done every (laughs) single trick I know with the one tune, that's the key. One and out. Ruin one song and get out.
1: (laughs) Did did you ever, because you talked about bombing a lot initially, but once you got to the level that you're at now, and you're, as I say, I don't introduce a lot of my comedy guests with the words very funny, but in your case, I do, because I just find you hilarious. I've tried to analyze your comedy. It's impossible, because... Give me, a,
0: Tell me what it is. I think when people watch it, they start off by saying, when's he going to stop doing this? And then about four <laughs> minutes in, they think, I guess this is what we're doing. <laughs> it is fun to watch people kind of like, stymied or like befuddled and then in time start laughing it's fun to watch people start to get it it's fun when a couple shows up and say the you know the man brings his wife and he's laughing his head off i like seeing her scowl at him for laughing at me so much and then in time it's fun to win her over you know i do enjoy that i do enjoy that did you ever? You know. <laughs> <laughs> just that's hilarious. Did you? Because <laughs> they're like, what are we looking at? What is even going on? I've had that happen before in my act, where someone will just all of a sudden. One time I was performing. I remember in Orlando, and some guy just all of a sudden just yells, "What's going on, man?" Which I
1: like. I agreed with him. I didn't know either. <laughs> okay, another tagline: You either get Greg Hahn or you don't. Uh, but you do. Yeah, I know, of course. Add that to it. <laughs> you either get Greg Hahn or you don't, but you but did. you do. <laughs> did you ever encounter in the last five, ten years, did you ever encounter one audience that just you just couldn't get going and, and you looked at it, and you go, Why, I know it's not me. It's gotta be the audience. And you maybe you find out later they're all on drugs or something. I don't know. It, when you perform in front of people that don't
0: speak English, that's a
1: challenge. Yeah, that would be good. I've yes. done that several times. <laughs> you know, you
0: I would think though the fist
1: phys- down, you got to be on slow it down. You know, you got to. I would think the physicality but, uh, would get them though. They would understand that, right?
0: You know, I, exactly. I do go heavy with that stuff if they don't speak English yeah. and whatnot. But that's the biggest. That's the biggest challenge. If you go around to Europe or here or there or wherever, I was in front of a bunch of Russian people before. You know, in a, a Russian company in America or whatever, and they didn't get anything. But whatever. Yeah, it happens. What are you gonna do?
1: It happens.
0: You just show up and what are you gonna do? Quit? You show up. You think, how could I have made that show better? I torture myself and I think, what comic would have really rocked that audience? You right. know, what who would have really done well there? A lot of times, maybe a crowd worker, you know, because I'm not interested in what the audience has to say. I can where are you from, Alaska? What do you do? I raise zebras. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I was in the gym or whatever I'm gonna talk about, you know. <laughs> But maybe a crowd worker would have done better in this or that. But no, most shows go great. Las Vegas and that room, the Tropicana. I love the place, love it. I'm genuinely having a good time up there, so I think that always helps. Yeah, the Laugh Factory. What, what and there's you- a party in the green room. There's always a party in the green room that spills out to the stage. Well, that's always good. Yeah, my act is sort of like you're at. A, here's my act. Here's this was the idea behind it. Ira is like you're at a party. You've had two, three beers, and you like every single person you see. You know, you're about as happy as you can be.
1: And that's what I try to recreate for people. Nice. I'm Do not you, pushing the envelope. I'm not. It's goofy, you know. It's ridiculous. I don't think you could. If you ascended in someone to analyze you, Greg, I don't think they could. Which, of course, which is why a lot of psychiatrists gave up as well. But I'm talking about the <laughs> right. audience. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. You get up there. Hey, hey, hey!
0: The men's room is uncool. There's no urinals. There's <laughs> a bunch of ladies yelling, "Get the hell out!" <laughs> and then you keep going. <laughs> You know, the do you remember like, what do used say?
1: <laughs> do you remember the first happy time
0: happy birthday, everybody? You know, it's Valentine's Day.
1: Thanks for coming out on New Year's Eve. Merry Christmas. You know, whatever. We're like, what? What's going on? What? What? <laughs> you do have to be somewhat lucid to pay attention to your act. In other words, you right. can't drink too much and enjoy Greg Hahn. You have to, because otherwise, you'll think you're you're going crazy. So you have to kind yeah. of be somewhat sober to do it. Do you remember the first time that you performed in Las Vegas? Do you remember where it was and when it was? Yeah, at the
0: Riviera, I believe.
1: Which is no yeah, longer with us, but you are.
0: Huh? Right, the Riviera. It's gone now, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 over there in the Tropicana. But now it's all Tropicana. Well, I still go around, but Tropicana is my favorite,
1: I must say. Well, do you have any favorite Las Vegas stories of, of all the times you've appeared uh, here?
0: Well, there's one time I was in the morning. I was taking a walk, and I saw this beautiful girl sitting at the bar all by herself. Uh-oh. Early. She was uh-huh. drinking. I thought, holy smokes. You know, it would be a little bit off the normal uh routine walk over there order a beer in the morning and sit down and say hello to her and talk to this strange beautiful girl right so i walked to my room and took a nap instead how's that for a story <laughs> that's why i don't tell stories on my show you know there's anticlimactic yes <laughs>
1: <definitely>. <laughs> you're the only guy not to have fun in las vegas okay i can see that <laughs>
0: Yeah. She's probably a prostitute. I probably. It anyway, was beautiful. Now, well, you start, you know, you start talking to yourself. So, hey, maybe she's just a beautiful girl from Iowa that showed up with her family. They're not awake yet. She just wants to gamble for fun. So she came down early. She's waiting for her nice family to wake up, and it'd be fun to meet her. Nah, she's a hooker, and you know
1: it. Well, you can always pay the pay the price and uh, still go back to your room. Not right now.
0: <laughs> when you look
1: at your the different kind of gigs that you have, you've got obviously performing at comedy clubs and touring, but you also have corporate gigs. So how do you get word of mouth going? Uh, it's not even you that does it. I'm sure others do that you perform at corporate gigs because I know you do a lot of them.
0: Well, you know, I was on that Bob and Tom show out of Indianapolis in yep. the Midwest. And they were uh, on a million. They've got a lot of affiliates, and they mention it a lot. And then the the best the most advertising I've done is number one the Bob and Tom show number two I try to do a good job I try to make sure that whoever hired me doesn't get fired you know when I perform <laughs> I try to you know I try, try to do well that's the key to advertising do
1: well yeah exactly fulfill your contract
0: yeah they talk people talk and then you get a call from another guy you know?
1: yeah no that one keeps ringing <laughs> <laughs> do they at least in general when you do a corporate gig do they feed you as well they offer you
0: dinner but i don't like sitting down i'm such a spastic before i perform or on stage i don't like sitting down and holding still plus you lose your great star quality i like you know coming out on stage like they haven't seen me before sure the distance i usually turn down the formal meal <laughs> that's, and then, that's why you'll see me after a big show in front of like 500 people by myself a taco bell <laughs> you know <laughs> 30 minutes
1: later, were <laughs> hey, are you
0: the guy that was performing tonight? That's me.
1: <laughs> or you went back to the hotel, and in the lobby was that girl sitting at the bar, and you say, well, right, well wait a minute. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, rumor yeah. has it you were raised in South Florida. Is that true? Correct. That's correct. Boca but Raton. You, you seem to have, from my point of view, you seem to have an East Coast, not an East Coast accent, but an East Coast vibe, and yet you were raised in... South Florida. So how did that work?
0: I don't know. I was born in, uh, outside of Pennsylvania. Where was I born? Bren Mawr, I think. And then uh and then we, you know, moved down to Florida when I was young. But I guess East Coast is correct. Yeah. East East Coast, Midwest. That's where I've spent most of my life. Well, you have the Those East Coast the to energy. Is that it? Okay, yeah, good. I think that's what it is. I think you're right. I, I ha- think you've done more analysis about me and my act than I have
1: right I have. I got a whole print
0: appreciate
1: pr- it. Absolutely. I have a whole printout here in the background and everything, your time in jail, everything. It's all here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about that. <laughs> you were <Yeah>. also <laughs> you're also you were also in a film. Nobody's if, perfect. <laughs> no, that's true. You're right. No, no, you're right. The uh, <laughs> you were also, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, we're in a film. Oh what, that Louis film? Yeah, there was another one that you were in. I'm trying to remember the. Um, I just did another one with Paul Rodriguez. I did
0: another one. I don't know. I've done a couple. You know. You've oh, the one. That, the one movies. that I was sure. thinking
1: of is called Tomorrow Night. At the, uh, you were in an independent film, Tomorrow Night at the Sunheads Film Festival. Right, right, correct. A
0: thousand years ago, and I remember I had to act opposite Steve Carell, and I remember calling my girlfriend at the time and saying this guy can't act he can't even memorize his line. <laughs> you know. really i said that i remember saying acting so easy you memorize it you spit it out what's the big deal <laughs> they fly this guy in from chicago he's like i remember saying he's a big wig out of second city he can't even memorize his words <laughs>
1: So <laughs> tell us about the new film gig you were just mentioning about it.
0: Oh, whatever, something I
1: just did with Paul Rodriguez. Right,
0: and uh, we'll see if that comes out. I think okay. it's coming out.
1: Did you have a speaking role or were you just an extra in the I background? I had a speaking role. Funny? I said okay. something. Yeah, I yeah, said I just something want to make sure. That's I think correct. I'm a prison guard and he's he's uh, checking out of prison. It's gonna be riveting. I can't wait. You mentioned a former girlfriend, which leads me, of course, to conjecture. It has to be tough to have a girlfriend or spouse when you're traveling all the time. How does that work for you, or does it? I, uh, uh,
0: well, I don't know. I'm a single guy, but um, it's worked fine because when you want to break up, you say, I just I just travel too much.
1: <laughs> but I'll sign up. I'm not against it. Okay, fair enough. Do you find that you attract a certain type of female in the audience when you're performing? No. no. <laughs> okay, no. That I was a quick offstage, no. My, my, my line when I come off stage is, okay, now hear me out. <laughs>
0: It's not a chick act, you know. Yeah, I know. The the guys that are real dark or dirty or drug guys, those those attract the women. You know, I've got like some type of a romper room performance. You know, I don't think it lends itself
1: towards the babes. Well, I think the immature ones, yes. Really? Well, sure. Romper room? Okay. I mean, of course, that's a little below immature, but still. A too immature. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, it probably wouldn't work out. So right. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Rodney Dangerfield as a potential role model or yeah, as a possible great. role model, right?
0: Yeah, uh, I saw, I've seen a video of myself when I first started and I thought, why was I doing a, what was I doing? Doing an impersonation of Rodney Dangerfield? Why was I talking? Well, you know, it, it sounds so close. It looked to me to be almost like an impression. But I just like the jokes moving quick. I, I guess when I watch comedy initially, maybe still today, I don't like to wait too long for the funny part you know bring on the funny part yeah that's now so i've got an act with all punchlines and no setup so <laughs> no one knows what's going on but they're laughing well
1: that's because you're moving all around the stage so they're laughing that yeah you know, it complements it in that sense yeah right. <laughs> did you, how did you finally moving away from rodney dangerfield and of course buddy rich how did you yeah. finally decide on the act that you do, which I suspect it's pretty close to your personality, your, your regular personality or offstage personality. And then you just exaggerate slightly for the benefit of the audience and for a comedy. But how did you work that out to be what it is today? Uh, let's see. How did
0: I work it out? I think trial and error, you know, it's my, the style that I kind of imagined that I wanted ridiculous. I wanted to be ridiculous. I want people to forget about life is tough, Ira. I, read I want that. people to come and they got big problems out there. They know? do, absolutely. And I, and I want them to come in and forget about all that stuff. That's the goal. Not dig into it and remind them of it and make a joke out of it, which some guys are good at that. Mine is not talk about anything serious and just uh, let people forget. I'm so ridiculous that they forget about <laughs> all their troubles. That was the idea. And so, but just, but just, uh, but it's not successful unless everyone's laughing the whole time. So just, you know. Showing up, going on stage 80 bazillion times and trying to make it funnier and funnier. And it's the funniest it's ever been, everybody. Come on out.
1: And when you mentioned I'm earlier. I'm in my prime. You are. You're in your prime. In fact, you even order prime rib, but not before the act, after the act, so you can have something to eat.
0: I need to have you around to write some tags. Are you going to uh, show up this week at the drop? I'd like yes, to
1: meet you. Yeah, absolutely. I have to come see you. Uh, the... Come on into the uh, green room. They got a big booze bar. Wow. Nice. Okay. I don't have to pay, do I? Oh, okay. (laughs) Come on in. When you evolved away from Rodney and from Buddy Rich and you created your own style, I'm just trying to think, and I'm a semi-student of comedy, I don't think that there's anybody that's quite close to you. I I see remnants of the old Steve Martin, in a way, some of the silly stuff he did, but you're, you're at a totally different level with that stuff. Does that make I sense? I guess,
0: because I haven't matured out of it. You know, he's got yes. more... Uh, yeah, well, he's now the very serious statesman,
1: yes. No, you're still yeah, You're still great Greg Hahn. And whatnot. Do you think that you'll always stay Greg Hahn, or do you think you'll be Greg Hahn part two, and you become I this... I think
0: I'll get even more Greg Hahn. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll get even... I think, I'll, I think it'll get more ridiculous. My goal is to always be try to be funnier and more entertaining. No, that's a great, That's what I'm looking. I don't want any lulls. You know?
1: <laughs> Age is not a barrier. <laughs> so no, when you, when you're no, 90, you're going to be the funniest. Be,
0: it doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean you know more moving around or this or that. I just want it to be whatever is funny. Want it to be funnier.
1: Whatever jokes sense.
0: strike me, and I think it's better than it was two years ago. I'll watch stuff really from a uh, yeah two years ago or something and be like, wow, why was I doing it like that? You know, or I'll watch uh, an old TV appearance and just think unwatchable it's amazing that i've had the success that i've had so yeah i just like to get better and better and funnier and funnier for people
1: that's good so do you tape every time you perform do you tape it so you can review it and see? i do
0: i do And that's what's so great about las vegas you get to do two shows a night and you go back to your room listen to it and uh you know analyze it critique right. it take these words out take those words out you know just get the i
1: try to get to the funny part Unless you're distracted going back to your room to review the tapes because there's a young lady at the bar. Well, I might say hello. Yes, of course. <laughs> now I know you have a family. Do they understand you when you come to visit them, or they well, visit have, you?
0: What do you mean? I have a family. You mean my? Uh, well, I have a mom, brother. Yes, stuff like that. That's I, what I meant. I didn't.
1: No, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to imply you were the parent of an unwanted kid. What I meant was you have brothers, <laughs> sisters, parents, aunts, uncles, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I got that kind of stuff. No,
0: they're all they're all they like it. They like. The, I don't let them come to the show. They make really? the, the show is so ridiculous. I let my parents come to see me at the Riviera, and I bombed, unbelievable. So that was the end of
1: family people watching me perform. <laughs> but they could they could watch you uh, in terms of television or going on YouTube and seeing what you do, right? So you should, you right. could get feedback from them that way,
0: right? They do that, but that you know you know how it is with your families. You're actually funnier than your than your stage act because. I tell you one, here's a funny story. One time I was watching TV, my father was there, and uh, uh I pop up on Comedy Central and he clicks the clicker and he goes to the next channel. He turns <laughs> to me and he says, he turns to me and he says, Well, you talk so damn fast. <laughs> Which I found very funny and a re- and a relief. I don't want to sit there watching me. <laughs> that was the funniest thing that could have happened. I like that George. Well, you talk so damn fast.
1: <laughs> well, they'll eventually figure that out. I guess maybe they won't do you have a book in you oh sure but I don't think I'll write I don't I'll be surprised if I write a book but of course
0: I would think of Who tales, I tales. think everybody everybody's got a big story like yeah. what's your story you know interviewing people in Las Vegas you've got a huge story we don't know a thing about it
1: yes I'd like to feature my guests rather than me well when I talk to you in the green room let's find out about you all right that's fair that's fair yeah but the, long, wait, you've been interviewing people since what the 80s or so before that even yeah yeah long time long time interspersed yeah, interspersed stuff. with with time in the gaming industry and writing and doing all kinds of stuff yeah public you relations
0: of, well people out in the audience everyone's got this big crazy story trials and tribulations you know we've all got a big thing i think comedians get too much attention i guess cuz we're up there for, you know jumping all around and telling jokes oh yeah exactly or, Who, but if whatever, you, you know what I, you know what i like to think Really, every, most people in the audience have a more important, in my mind anyway, they've got a much more important job than I do. And they say that public speaking makes people so nervous. If I don't do well, people look at each other and go, he was unwatchable. Want to get some ice cream? <laughs> Doesn't matter. But the people in the audience, you know, you got you got policemen, you got doctors, you got electricians. If they don't
1: do their job, you know, everybody's dead. You're right. Whereas you could die and, on stage and they don't care. No, they'd be like, we'd like a refund. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did you have a favorite comedian other than yourself that you enjoy? Who, now? Yes, or in the past, either way. You mentioned uh, Rodney, of course. Uh, Well, when I first came out, you know,
0: everyone, uh, I like Brian Regan when I first started, you know. You know what happens is as you get 100 years old is you start to get competitive, And, and at least in my case, you do become your own favorite comedian. Like, <laughs> I used to walk into a uh, to a comedy club, and you see the pictures on the wall of all the different comedians. And you, when I first started, I think, oh, man, that comic is great. He's great. She's great. Man, I don't even belong here. These people are so good. Now you walk in. Fast forward decades. You walk in. You go, hack. is he still doing it no way okay these three guys are dead this guy no good this club is lucky I showed up I'm the best thing that's been here in three years
1: well especially if some of those guys are dead you do have an advantage Right, right. right. yeah but it's it's weird before I let you go last question what do you see in the near future in the next 5-10 years I know you said everybody has a book in them do you want to do more film work you want to incorporate it with more stage work or what do you what do you see in the next five ten it'd years be fun besides? To have
0: you? A great it'd be fun to have a great big act and include the drums remember that guy Victor Borge yes Victor Borga he, Victor Borga he was yes. so clever with his piano yes I, I would like to figure it'd be neat to figure out something like that with a drum set but also play drums very well Good. and I don't know some combination of doing my show and then doing some very funny thing but playing uh, drums like a lunatic and filming a special <laughs> like that that's a nice goal yeah and it's a great way to We've leave it all around the country but have it recorded and uh and something that people could enjoy that'd be fun that'd be good that'd be a good product to have i think so well that's a my great bottom line is just to get funnier when people show up and watch me they're highly
1: entertained that's what i see more of that more of that i'm lucky to be able to do it you are and we're lucky to hear you and that's a great way to leave it my guest has been comedian greg hahn He's headlining in the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana, Las Vegas, January 9th through the 15th. For ticket information, go to TropLV.com. And for everything about Greg Hahn, go to GregHahn.com. And you can follow him on Twitter and Facebook. And Greg, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Ira. We'll see you over there at the Trop. See you next time. You've been listening to
0: Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ivory David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las
1: Vegas the most exciting city in the world.